Hey guys, Hello. we're we're back with another one here, um, and uh, and today, well, before we even start, what have we got going on 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 your couch? Well, all right. So what we got going on is uh, uh, this is my climbing bag. Yeah, and uh, I love it. It's super special to me. I don't know why because I get I like. I'm not a super gear hog, but like, I like to buy one of a thing and then it's my thing and I love it. Does that make any sense? Uh, it makes a, about a billion percent sense. Right? Okay. Like, I mean, right. I, like <laughs> you started talking about this and the first thing that came to mind for me was that, oh no, we're not going to talk about philosopher swordsman for the rest of the podcast. We're just going to talk about like ancient stories about people naming their cool stuff things and oh well yeah right <clears throat> well no because we're going to talk about philosopher swordsman because that's too important. that's the important that's important but go ahead yeah yeah yeah. uh but i'm so close to finishing this i have like three more stitches so i was going to do it and anyways i thought it was a nice thing to start out talking about because i have this mixed feeling and this happens in in martial arts too so because I don't like to have a lot of things, but I like to have one nice thing, then that means like for a half a second, my things are nice. And then because it's the only one I have, it gets a lot of use. Mm. And I always have like this super mixed feeling about it of being like, fuck yeah, I'm using my thing. Look at me. I'm a real whatever. I'm a real climber because I'm using my thing. And then the other part of me is like, my bag got hurt. <laughs> so yeah, so when I was climbing in uh, Vegas, uh, I was climbing on sandstone, which is very uh, gritty and uh, grippy. And that's super cool. But because of like having to scramble up these boulders and then scramble back down to get to like the climb and just the way it was like, I would have to sit down on a boulder and then like jump down, sit down, jump down, sit down, jump down. And so like the bottom of my bag got scraped and scraped and scraped and scraped and scraped and I wore holes in it, mm. which uh, is cool again from like a feeling like I'm a real person doing the real thing and all that. And then sucks because there's <laughs> holes in the bottom of my special to me bag. So I'm patching it because mm. I'm that kind of nerd. So, so what kind of um, what kind of fabric is the bag made from? And then what kind of fabric did you use? To, is it does it matter? Is it just like whatever? It's just whatever. Like it, it's called ripstop, right? And it's like what they make hammocks out of, or tents, or you know what I mean. So it's like slightly waterproof, and if it gets cut, it doesn't fray, right? So there are holes, but the holes aren't uh like even if i hadn't done anything it would still probably truck along for a long time mm -hmm. uh just fine just because of the nature of the fabric but then also i know that i want to use this bag for 10 years so i decided now is the time to patch it when there's little holes you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure um and then did you get did you did you then get ripstop fabric to mm -hmm. patch it with or yeah. 
Yeah, there's all kinds of places you can order it from. <clears throat> it's not expensive. And since, you know, it's a, the styling of the bag is obviously very colorful. Like everything is a different color and a different fabric, which is part of the reason why I really liked it. <clears throat> so uh, I ordered very small amounts of three different colors of ripstop so that I could patch it with character all different other colors, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, so I'm super pumped about that. And that is the last stitch. So now I can look at you. Nice. Um I also I also like your your shirt. Uh yeah, this is this is from a long time ago, but uh yeah. if you if nobody knows it's you know. It's a play. Oh no. Okay. Sorry, my computer acted like it was gonna go to sleep or something. Uh it's a play off of uh, the band Danzig's logo, but it says pseudo Peter von Danzig, because uh, I'm a nerd. And the best part is normies will totally walk up to me when I'm wearing this and be like, I fucking love Danzig. And I'm like, me too. Let's go. <laughs> Please go along your merry way. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Okay. So today we have an important topic. Um, not to say that most of the stuff that we talk about isn't important, but it gets, it does get kind of like uh, meandering, which has always been the, always been the point. Um, right. Yeah. From the, from the inception, from the inception of this discussion. Yeah. Um, but today we're going to focus our attention on some, like a general topic and then maybe some, like some specific branches. Uh, okay. Keep talking. I'm getting my coffee. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so we're thinking of what, and we've talked about this before, like martial arts is a practice, what it is that people are looking to achieve, um, the nature of, uh, the nature of, um, sport in the context of martial arts, the nature of contest in the context of martial arts, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, which, which aren't the same thing. Uh, and, but there's, uh, you know, there's no, it's, it's not clear that when we're drawing the borders around what we might call the domain of martial arts, or, or even if you don't even want to call it martial arts, which is something that you were flirting with, uh, for many years now, um, you've been yeah. flirting with for many years now. Sure. Uh, actually, have we got into that? Have we ever, have you ever like made your pronouncement or are you still sort of, I mean, I don't need to make a pronouncement about it because like the, the, the point of conversation, which this is going to go to it, but the point of conversation, right. Is to make yourself understood. Mm. So, uh, just because I, uh, have a nerdy understanding of what Marshall means, uh, doesn't mean anyone else does. So, you know, unless I'm going to re-educate the entire English speaking world, there's no point in belaboring it other than in my own brain. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's well. I, I I wouldn't say it's harmful to uh, to just reference like that. There might be a distinction, or that you could have a distinction if you wanted to, uh, and and maybe how you frame that, um, if you don't mind. I, I... Yeah, sure. I mean, well, I so when you look at like medieval ideas of Mars, uh, Mars is war and in that context it means like 
burning down villages, murdering babies, raping women, stealing shit, absolute plunder, horror show, nastiness, right? Oh, so that's, yeah, that's, stop there for a second. Let's think about okay. that, right? So war, so war has uh, historically only ever been practiced in a very ritualized way. Um, not only ever, like there are lots of cases of, of war, formal war being practiced in, in sort of the way that you just described. Yeah. But generally, sure, sure. but generally speaking, um, amongst the civilized world, we might say, and by civilized world, what I, what I mean specifically is, um, uh, like, uh, how do I put this? I don't, I don't mean, I, you know, I, I mean, formal, uh, formally organized society, right? Sure. So that's what I mean when I say civilized world. So I don't mean formally organized society that falls within the boundaries of what we regard as geographic Europe or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm not, yeah, yeah. I just mean, you're trying really hard that, not to be racist. You're not being racist. <laughs> well, right. So like, so, so, uh, so far as I understand warfare across the globe, Right. Uh, has always been practiced in a way that's been very ritualized and very yes. um, formalized and doesn't actually isn't wouldn't be an accurate representation of what was regarded as war by the Greeks and the Romans when they're talking about Aries and Mars, etc. Right. right? Sure. And so that's a different what they were regarding as war was sort of what we might think what some people today might think of as like anarchy right mm. like just desolation just like um does that make sense absolutely makes sense yeah like um, the, go ahead yeah no i think that's true like yeah uh yeah like uh no holds barred sort of uh idea right, right. um <laughs> and sort of and the and the chaos that that brings to and it's sort of it's sort of juxtaposed with the sense of civil civilization or the sense of formally organized society right so it's yeah. like it, war war can mean um war can mean two like countries fighting each other or whatever or two nations or mm -hmm. two tribes or whatever or yeah. it can mean the breakdown of society Right. 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 Um, the breakdown of, of of law and order, the breakdown of and you know, the breakdown of systematic modes of developing relationships with our communities. Right. Right. All right. of those things. And so that's and that's a very different thing than just saying like being on the battlefield, two armies coming together. Yeah. Right. Uh yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, I mean, there's a lot of societal reasons why uh, at the time and place where we see like these, these distinctions being important culturally, like, I mean, uh, <clears throat> go listen to Murder Hobos, right? Like if you want to get into like the details of that. Um, but yeah, so uh, that being accepted, you know, when you look at then if that's that's martial, then solar is what fencing falls under. Fencing and wrestling and um, 
all sorts of other things. But but the things that we colloquially call martial arts um, actually fall under uh, the purview of the sun, not Mars, right? So right, 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 right. And it's it's interesting because there's a sort of um, so there's a there's a chaos in war as we're describing it when we when we regard it sort of as being martial or, or associating with Mars. There's a chaos involved there. And mm -hmm. what we do with martial arts in the like today, mm -hmm. um, in the 21st century, is we organize it. We yeah. systematize it. Excuse me. We yeah. systematize it. We we create a, a method for training and development. It's we're taking the chaos out of it. Mm -hmm. um, or we're or we're taking we're taking the chaos of the world and we're bringing it into our order of the you know um and so and well and, and, so and i would even you know, like that's one framing like chaos versus order and and then another framing is uh uh fun versus no fun right there is no fun in war <laughs> that's that's yeah exactly exactly that's right yeah yeah right. there's no there's no fun um, that's the point. That's the point of that association, right? Yeah. Is that, you know, and they're not, and there's not, like, it's not random, right? Like, we know why war would lead to this state of catastrophe, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, this state of self-imposed catastrophe um, because right. war sucks and it leads to conditions that create that type of environment and like even when it's practiced in the most formally organized and, and ritualized way possible mm -hmm. people still experience you know somebody will still experience a version of the you know of that thing um mm -hmm. but yeah so today okay so we're not gonna we don't have to spend any more time on that just uh, if you if you want to do more reading there's lots of resources and uh, podcasts has already been mentioned there's stuff on this stuff um and so yeah uh <clears throat> so thinking about thinking about we're going to call it martial arts because that's sure. that's the word that exists again uh, to be understood today. right yeah um but so martial arts oh there are there are several things that fall under the category of martial arts um so everything from everything from Tai Chi, right, um, mm -hmm. and the various uh, the various Chinese traditional martial arts, to um, to a lot of games, to various um, you know when we we think of wrestling, we think of striking arts, we think of submission grappling, we think of sword play. Um, mm -hmm. and then all of these can be practiced in various contexts. They can be practiced in solo form. They can be practiced in, um, paired form. They can be practiced sure. in, in, uh, in contests, right. they can be practiced in sport, right? Mm -hmm. Um, again, contest and sport are not the same thing. Right. And, and so the, I, I think the first question that we we should ask ourselves is, um, or what do we think about the distinction and, and, and 
why, I guess, you know, part of this is stemming from the, this age-old question about the relationship of sport yeah. or, or performance or, you know, performance in a context to Marsh, performance in a contest to the marsh, the practice of martial arts. We'll start there, right? So I'm interested in the necessity, or at least the projected necessity, by a, yeah. by, uh, a by a by the movers of the community, right? By the movers of the dialogue and the right. dialectic, right? Towards looking at performance and contest as uh, sort of the ultimate test of of the efficacy of martial practice, right? So we'll just start there. Um, and that, uh, right, yeah. okay. <laughs> so I'll open the floor. I, I've, I've set the table, it's your turn. Okay, because, all right, so that's a, that's, oh, that's a whole thing because it, efficacy, we, and just be, just to be clear, we're not even getting into sport yet. Like so, we're not. I even, know. We're not even, all right, good. Okay. We're not even there because <laughs> it doesn't matter. Because efficacy implies a a goal, right? And their efficacy at what? At getting me fit? At developing my hand-eye coordination? At kicking your ass? in a octagon at keeping myself safe because I live in the hood, right? And the thing is, is for some reason, people want to rank those and in order of coolness, goodness, goodness, goodness value, Virtue, right? they, they, like we, we associate, these, these are various levels of virtue, right? Right, right. Because people are like, oh, Tai Chi is bullshit. For what? Right. What is your goal, right? If my goal is having insane body control and being able to do like wicked, strange, one-legged squat kick things with like <laughs> masterful right masterful control of my body tai chi is going to get me there what what is bullshit about it nothing right? right there's something something else i mean and that's just the obvious one right so like right. um i i, have I a, mean it's my... it's easy because neither of us practice it <laughs> so uh a, a very close um uh a, a very close family member to me um is a practitioner of tai chi and so she's been sharing she's like really really awesome because she shares um she will like share all this stuff about tai chi with me all the time yeah, um, yeah. she's just super enthusiastic and it it's infectious so i become enthusiastic about the tai chi stuff and yeah. uh and so like i've been getting into tai chi and it's not just her right like we've had so our, our mutual friend lars uh is another oh, yeah, practitioner yeah. of of um various traditional chinese uh, martial arts, because Tai Chi sort of is, uh, can be a, kind of a catch-all for all of it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but they're all practiced in a similar, or they're all several, like, through lines in terms of the way that the, the big three traditional Chinese martial arts are practiced. 
But anyway, um, their framing, right? So I think we've talked a little bit about Eastern versus Western uh, framing, like yeah. metaphorical framing of body systems, right? Like sure. meridians. Have we done? Have we done like a deep dive on like those kinds of things? Like the what what's commonly in Western um, in, in Western we'll say medical circles is regarded as woo medicine, like yeah. Chinese medicine and stuff. Um, yeah. They just have a different framing of the of our body systems, right? Of the way sure. that our um, stuff is organized, and yeah, it breaks down if you like if you if you treat it, you know, if you if you don't treat it as the way that it's designed to be treated, right? Yeah, sure, it breaks down, right. but but there's a lot of interesting insights that come from that kind of thing, and the same with Tai Chi. So so uh, this really fun anecdote that was shared with me um by my friend sky was that uh somebody was doing tai chi and their instructor was was trying to help them adopt a posture or move through a move through a movement pattern or whatever and she was like the the practitioner or the student was like what um what muscle do i get like do i like am i supposed to be tightening tightening my glutes or am i supposed to be you know whatever like yeah 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 and, and the instructor was like, um, this is a, this is Tai Chi, right? Yeah. Like, this is a, and like, this is, we don't do that. Like what you're doing, we don't do that. Like, this is a whole body. It's a whole body thing. Right. Love it. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's just, it's such a wild and like, of course the, the, the discussion sort of continued in directions that could become embarrassing for people but but the bottom line is like yeah. that was a that that broke my brain right like, it's like oh that's such an interesting way of thinking about holding my body and moving my body is like and not like mind muscle activation but not in a particular muscle group but like the whole body and connecting everything right yeah. that's a real thing right so like we can you know you can say like that's that is an important insight that we get from the practice of tai chi that we wouldn't uh -huh. get elsewhere and that we learn how to like think about the strength and structure in that type of attitude right like think about the way that framing creates strength in 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 your body right, right. Soft strength, right like it, it's it's i don't know it's really fascinating to me so the bottom line is like there is fucking value. There is real value there. If we allow for, if we allow for um, a broader horizon with regards to what we're looking to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it. And so, you know, again, well, I mean, this, this is to the point of what we're talking about, but, um, but I, you know, think about my martial practice such as it is to be something I want to be able to do no matter what specific detriments occur to my body, right? So it could just be, I'm just going to get old. Like that's a real fact. So even if I maintain myself to peak fucking Olympic level athletic performance 
I, it's going to decline. Just a fact, right? So like, I want to, I want to be able to do this just from being old or if I end up in a wheelchair or if my hand gets cut off or right, which is going to require that certain goals that one might have for their practice are no longer achievable given that, right? So, uh, so I'm looking for making my personal practice and uh, my practice as someone who shares this, this practice with, you know, as many people as I can uh, to make it available to as many people as I can, which means I have to have a broader mindset than maybe someone else would want to have, you know, and that's, again, I'm not ranking that. It's just what is interesting and useful to me. Right, 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 right. I think of, um, I think of, again, you know, we've talked about, we've talked about all of this before, because as I'm, as I'm cycling through the, the sort of ideas that come to mind, I'm recalling sitting here talking about them, like any, any martial arts class that I've ever been to anywhere, yeah. right? Everything from like, kickboxing gyms that have literal UFC fighters in them, right? Right. To, to like traditional Chinese martial arts clubs that, that, you know, don't pay a fee to use the local community center. Right. right. Like every single one of them has had every level of practitioner, right. From the high level competitor who's interested in contests. Um, who's interested in not and and it doesn't have to be uh it doesn't have to be a uh sort of zero sum contest right it could right. be like there are other ways of of competing with each other um in in this domain but like everything from people who wanted to go fight in the cage in the UFC and have fought have fought in the cage in the UFC um to people who are just there to like, they, their doctors like you need like you need heart health in in your life some something that you can point at that's that you can say like that's for my heart right <laughs> you know yeah um and so like I don't think I think that I think that HEMA and and historical fencing and our obsession with this question and just the nature of our 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 geekiness um has and caused our us amateurish frankly yeah exactly yeah the, the both of those things combined have led us to this like really bastardized sense of what's going on where it's like everybody else has figured it out right? like, everybody <laughs> right? else has figured it out like you know um there are very occasionally there are centers in the world that are dedicated to high level performance right sure there, there, there yeah. are models that there are models that you can um uh a high level performance in like it's a specialization high level performance in in competition is a specialization thank you yes yes right and so yes it's valuable that that avenue be available to people who want to do that and also by the way we're going to get into later or maybe not today but next uh next time we're going to get into what the program for developing people in virtually every single one of those 
centers of specialization looks like and what it right. might not look like. Right. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, but like everyone else, like aside from these, these, these centers, everyone else is just like, we're here to service like a lot of your needs. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Uh, and yeah, like I'm thinking about like my judo club, right? It was a small judo club, uh, but it was a dedicated space. People from that club had competed in the Olympics. That was a real pathway that club could provide, right? So, you know, uh, 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 I'm not disparaging the fact that it happened to be a small, you know, small town club. That doesn't matter, right? Uh, but there were people like literally the guy that had been undefeated in regional, meaning the entire Midwest, Chicago to through, you know, Mexico, uh, uh, competitions. He trained there. He was always there. And there would be a six-year-old in the same class. Right. 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 Uh, and then all of us in between. Right. You know? So, so that's, so that kind of leads me to another question because that reminds me of my experience recently when I visited Dustin in Oklahoma and I visited sure. his fencing club where I did some epee, which was wild and awesome. I recommend it to anyone. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, you know, it was the same story. Like they were, they were really impressive. They had a lot of people there that were very, very impressive, uh, yeah. fencers, you know, um, Dustin has been a high level an elite level competitor or he has been an elite level competitor. He's been a high level competitor his, his entire life. Um, you know, and he goes to that gym and, and then there are, and you know, then he taught class with a bunch of kids that like couldn't do any of the movement patterns, you know, at all. Yeah. At all. Right. Like, and, and it's not even a thing. Right. And so then that leads me to the next question, which is, so first of all, we, I think, you know, you and I certainly agree, like the idea that performance in contest or performance in competition or performance in sport mm -hmm. is, is not the only, it's not the highest. There's no, there's, um, it doesn't even make sense to rank that the highest of, of any, like it's, it's a, a ridiculous it's a ridiculous idea to like call that like the peak or the pinnacle or the ultimate sort of expression of the thing. Right. Um, so is there value then for everybody to be on a journey together or share a space together? Right. Or should we, or should we just take all the elite competitors and put them in the high, you know, the high performance, um, centers, uh, and, and, and protect them from those of us who are looking to achieve something else with our practice. Right. Right. Make sure we um, don't drag them down with our shit technique yeah, or whatever. Right. Like, so it's like, right. Um, but I mean, there's like a weird fear of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to, you know, I mean, I've, I've heard people say shit like that. Right. Like yeah. I don't want people who are slow and old and disabled and whatever in my club 
because I'm going to have to dumb everything down for them. And then I'm only going to be training at this dumbed down level. And then I won't be able to roll up to swordfish and win. Right. And it's their fault. Right. And I think, uh, I, I think, I think that's a real weak take. Uh, again, because like having to roll with me didn't stop Matt from destroying literally everyone and being undefeated, right? Like right. I didn't slow him down. <laughs> right. I mean, and, um, go ahead. and I was not, you know, uh, I was not that kind of judo player. I was not undefeated. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. So like, I think. I think for me, I <laughs> I have a sort of subversive goal, right, in my practice, which is like, yeah. the, I, I would like to see the people that are obsessed with and even maybe even like finding a tremendous amount of success in an approach that focuses almost single-mindedly on... Um, on performance in contest or performance in sport, mm -hmm. like I would like to see their horizon be broadened and to, and to find yeah. more value, may potentially find more value in ways that doesn't immediately or doesn't maybe directly translate to higher performance in contest or sport, right? Well, yeah, and you know, And it's because, <laughs> because you are interested in being a philosopher swordsman, which means you are interested in the development of the whole person. And here's what happens that I see time and time again is these people who are single-mindedly thinking about high-level sportive performance in specific conditions that they have access to in HEMA the first time they mess up their knee or mess up their shoulder or have a broken finger, they have an emotional fucking breakdown because yeah. suddenly they can't do the only reason they're there. Right. right. And I have dealt with and helped people deal with the emotional impact of injury and being only focused on can I outtime this guy because my sphere is better than his sphere or whatever, right? Someday it won't be. And if that's all you got and you're, you're tying the worth of your practice to that outcome. And I think that's really it. Right. You know, you're, you're gonna cry a lot the first time you bust something and you will bust something yeah i mean um you know <laughs> it's like yeah for sure like and if you don't bust something your your just performance starts to atrophy it's just a it's a feature of of our humanity so like yeah but real, i mean get real with that but let's like, be real you will bust something this is oh, a, yeah a ridiculously hard sport on the body, you know? We, we, we got to be careful about, for, I got to stop you there because you said it's okay. a hard sport and, yeah. and it's not a sport. We do not have a sport. 
We don't have a okay. sport. There's no HEMA sport that doesn't exist. Okay. People, I, and that's a huge distinction. We might as well we might as well open that can of worms right now. Well, deal with it. Yeah, let's go. So, like, a sport has rules, right? And and often, you know, it has some some unified body that formally organizes participation, right? Like, uh huh. There's like a, we don't have a sport. This isn't a sport. No. We have. A bunch of people who are, <clears throat> yeah. What, I what mean, do we have? yeah, do we really, have? the queer adult kickball league, <clears throat> or, or kickball league at my local park probably has more formal organization than HEMA does, right? Right. Like, isn't there like Quidditch? I'm pretty sure the Quidditch clubs have more <laughs> formal organization. In fact, I know they do. It may be too much organization, but you know, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, I'm with you. Yeah. And so and so this idea of like, so we as a community, as a as a community, right? The the people right. who practice historical fencing and organize content or organize sportive contests, right? So yes. like uh, formally organized tournaments, have adopted uh, an approach that it gives a nod to the philosopher swordsman, right? Sure. Because the approach that they've adopted is we're not going to, we're not interested in formalizing the rules of the game because we recognize that this thing that we're doing has more to offer than ultimate success in competition, right? Like, like what we're doing with historical fencing is bigger than like creating a system where we can establish a hierarchy of people who could perform better or worse right? right that's why that's why tournaments exist the way they do right in hema today there are no rules like the scandinavian or not the scandinavians but the the europeans including scandinavians but also like they have they've gone the sport road much more so than we have not oh, yeah. all people who practice historic fencing in europe have gone that road but the people who do practice, like they have a very, um, how do I put it? They've created a sport, mm -hmm. and it's great. I, th I think it's great. I think that I think that if you want to create a sport, then create a sport, right? And that's fine. Yes. Um, but for that, like, you need consistent rules, right? You need consistent rules. You can't say, "Well, we have different." Uh, a different idea about what Marshall is. And so this cut has to be hard there you go. or the, right? like, because that's right. That's what they're saying. Those are the nods that they're giving. They're literally saying those words. Right. Because it comes back to ranking the streets as to being the top rank. Well, sure. Right. 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 <laughs> right. Um, and so like, but that's not what a sport like a sport is right. something that has rules that everyone knows and that you develop yes. the practice around those rules yes i mean listen i can't help but think of like having a conversation i probably told this story on the pod but i'm doing it again a conversation with my dad about like i don't remember what it is let's pretend it's like shitty hand sniping that i was having a feel about in that moment right mm -hmm. And my dad goes, well, is it against the rules? And I was like, no. 
And he was like, then why the fuck aren't you doing it if it's so effective? Right. Right? And I was like, eh, because it's not the feel I want. And my feels are offended. Right? And like, that's... But to my dad, like, heck yes. For a sport, the sport is about the rules. The rules define the sport. Mm-hmm. Therefore, and the practice is developed around it, and the meta is yes. is determined by it, right? Right. You absolutely hold on to your your timeouts until your guys need a rest, right? You absolutely play these games of how many you have and where you're doing them and all this, even though theoretically a timeout probably originated from like, oh man, our guys hurt. Let's make sure everybody's okay. Everybody okay? Okay, let's sure, right, you right. know, right. But it isn't that now because we because it's all about the rules. Right. Right. And so and so, okay, so we don't have a sport in at least in the US. Yeah. We don't have anything that can be regarded as a sport. Given that definition, I'm here. Keep going. Well, and this is where you know a lot of our safety concerns come from. Because because we don't have a sport, we don't have a way of determining whether or not um you know like what gear what gear is appropriate right in terms of safety right are we gonna allow what's that what techniques are appropriate what experience is appropriate what uh footing is appropriate right exactly this yeah let's think about that notion for a second there's a new there's a new I mean, well, so historically, there was a tiered system in terms of um, entries, or entrance to tournaments, sort of bracketing them out into various tiers. And what they looked at was you're um, meddling in some kind of tournament. Right. Right. But there are no rules. There's no consistency. So what, like, you having a gold medal in some tournament means nothing in the broader right. scheme of what it is to do, to do this practice that we do. And so, right. like, and it just doesn't even make any sense, even on the surface of it. Right. Um, yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, yeah. Okay. So I want you to talk more about, well, all right. So we've talked about, we've talked about what we're, what we can be doing. We've talked about what a focus, a hyper-focus on tournament is. And then you, you, right. you mentioned sport and I derailed your, that's your okay. Thought. That's what we're here um, for. But that's I, what if, this is I about. Wanna, <laughs> yeah, I want, I want, I want you to continue um, talking about what you were talking about before I did that. Well, we'd have to replay. So I would know what I was saying. <laughs> long, long gone. So okay. uh, that's not going to happen. Um, but you know, so philosopher, philosopher swordsman. So what is a philosopher swordsman, James? That's what you were talking about. Oh, that's what I was talking. Okay. All right. Um, right. Well, uh, oh man, that's again, so much, but, but I think, I think the interest for me again is in, uh, developing a holistic human, <laughs> such mm-hmm. as <it> is, right? <laughs> uh, so, so yes, it's cool. 
uh, if somebody can go do well at a local tournament, I, I mean, I'm fucking proud when any of my people do well. That's that's great. Um, I also want them to develop mental and emotional resilience in the face of just life shit they're going to run into. Um, right. As through this practice. And so like part of that might be for someone like their cardiologist was like, man, you're going to die. And if I could help them develop the mental, emotional resilience to get their physical under control, that'd be, that'd be fucking cool. Right. Um, boy, I, I'd be way prouder of keeping somebody alive an extra 10 years than I would be of somebody getting a gold medal for me. Right. Um, you know, and, and so, uh, and I think, I think I have an interest in this. I have an interest in this in a way that lets me approach a framework for understanding all the slings and arrows that life brings to you. Yeah. Um, So, you know, we can, we can, well, we've said before on this podcast, there's only one art, right? Like once you get one, you got it. Right. And it's like, um, so we've, we, we, you and I have talked through so many, so many um, domains in our lives that we've been looking to develop ourselves in, right? Yeah. So everything from climbing to playing music, to riding horses, to playing fighting games, to just having relationships with real humans, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and, and, and everywhere in between. And we haven't even gotten to the subject of fencing except that except that both of us have consistently um used the shared language the shared framework for Mm -hmm. understanding the world that Mm -hmm. we are we have been enculturated into because we are students of this particular practice of martial arts with a very with what i regard as as an exceedingly robust intellectual framework for interpreting the world right Right. yeah yeah i mean that's it so like a friend of mine had a situation where uh uh she i'm making it more vague where she is uh has had a, a situation with a bureaucracy right where she signed up for a thing and signed a contract, understanding things were going to go a certain way. And then they're like, but now you need to provide more money. Right. And because we've all run into these sorts of scenarios where you, where you sign up for a thing thinking it's one thing and suddenly it's this other thing. Right. And, and, uh, and you can get stuck in the emotion of that. Right. Especially if, if you're, uh, money insecure, right? Somebody starts to F with your money. Like that gets to all of us real quick. And, and so I, because she also studies this art, I immediately broke into like, no, listen, you didn't know, you didn't know you had entered the ring, but you have, they have made it clear with this. This is, this is their, this is their Vorschlag, right? 
this is what's going down. You need to like clarify yourself as to your situation. You didn't choose it, but you're here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like started like just diving into like a fencing exchange framework. And it, and it helped her at least briefly come out of fight flight panic. Right. And go, Oh, there's a framework for dealing with this. I understand. Okay. So, right. This is the way they came at me. They threw my contract at me. That means I need to gather, you know, all of these details and, and this and that, and this is my next step. And like, yeah. Right. Instead of being in the emotional panic. And, and so this is, this is what I mean about, uh, and I think you do too, James, uh, about once you, once you have the, the, the framework and the concepts and you understand that like all, all of your experiences in the world can fall into this, you know, whether you're working, well, basically whenever you're working with another living thing, you know, um, even if that living thing is your own self, right? So you can you can drop into this into this framework to help you make sense of what's happening and to think through how you're going to go forwards. Right, right. And, and, and that's sort of that's really important because it reminds me that all of life is a metaphor. Right. All of life, all of our understanding of the world, even these concrete things that we're, we, this is a metaphor. This isn't real. This is a metaphor. It right? absolutely is. And, and so like the most freeing idea ever created, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, and so if that's true, which it's true, science has already said it's true. So if we're going to, if you want to like the only, the only possible objection to it is well, science and science is on my side on this. So it's over. <laughs> we're done. Um, uh-huh. So, so if it's true that it's all a metaphor, then there's no better way to approach the world than the metaphor that you use to guide your behavior or this, yes. the framework of metaphor that you use to guide your behavior, right? Like that's how we get through the world. Uh, you know, what, what truth is, um, is just, it's just our sense of the world, right? As sort of, as manifested through our experience and and what we've learned happens when we do things, right? Like that's just, that's what it boils down to. But when whenever we go ahead, yeah, you ex, you expect a thing to happen in your mind. You think it's going to go like this, and it does, and you say, ah, it's true. It's true, right? And it's not untrue. It's not not true until the moment that you see that there is a deviation. And yeah. then it's not even not true sometimes. Sometimes you got to say, oh, I have to like reframe the way I was thinking about those words because in order for them to be true, they have to mean these other things. Yeah. Right? We like we don't even say like, oh, my framework is wrong. Right? It's just not nuanced. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Right? I just have to adjust my framework, right? I, <laughs> exactly. Which is beautiful and also sometimes problematic. Well, but it's our it's our humanity, right? So like yeah. we can't escape that. It's it is no. problematic. It's hugely problematic. But I don't know. We do pretty well. We get pretty far with it. Um, yeah. 
and yeah. and so like okay right so so be, so what we're doing is we're developing a framework for understanding the world for um accounting for the variation of the world and um and for using to guide our behavior right um and then as we encounter more and more things we adjust it or we make it more nuanced or or we just or sometimes we just apply it and it just works magically yeah because we intuited the variation away and we or like we already accounted for it you know right um and and so like maybe that's what the practice is there for so you were talking about climbing and you're talking about we were talking about like um the value and the practice beyond like the ultimate expression being the highest level or elite level performance right or like judging your performance based on um and like you don't have any ambition to be in a, a like a no world. red bull isn't going to sponsor me <laughs> right right so like why do you do it what's the right right because the elite is unachievable um for me at my age just right. fact um what is the goal really you know what again like i am my most fun is i'm outside which i love i'm an outside girl so i'm outside with a friend at least often with other random strangers who share a thing who share this passion for doing this thing mm. right uh and for me it is always playful right there's always that little bit of fear sometimes a lot of fear uh and seeing if i can can i do it right mm -hmm. it, like literally that why am i there can i that's the answer right um yeah but, i mean there's a lot of reasons why why climbing stuck and golf didn't right because it could have been golf but it you wasn't didn't try, you didn't try golf did you oh fuck yeah my dad loves golf oh i see okay yeah 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 no many many times i was encouraged uh we'll stay with that word encouraged to play <laughs> and to get good at it and it's just it isn't for me even though it's also an individual sport, right? Because I'm better at individual sports than team sports. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. It's interesting this idea of, um, you know, like why do you do a thing? It's so that you can expose yourself to to new, to basically to expose yourself to new things, right? To expose yeah. yourself to new phenomena that you that you are don't you don't know how to handle, right? Like it's necessary. Yes. Right. It's necessary. It's like, it's like the thing. Uh-huh. Right. Um, uh -huh. and that I think for me is where we get into this idea of the philosopher swordsman. Yeah. Cause novelty is required for fun. Like again, it is required. Yeah. science, science talks about this. Right. right. And I would also say that it's the nature of the philosopher, right? Like, so like if we, if you, 
if you go to college to try and get a degree in philosophy, which probably no one should do at this point, but uh, <laughs> like, like six people should do, should actually do that. Everyone else right. should do something else. So but, that they could um, be teachers eventually, so that there would still be philosophy classes for the other six <laughs> right. in the future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but anyway, like if you go, if, if you go to philosophy 101 and the teacher says like, okay, I want you to write an essay on, uh, what, what philosophy is, right. You're probably mm -hmm. not going to have a very good answer. Um, but if you, but if maybe the same, if, if the same question was asked to a bunch of grad students, right. What is philosophy? What they're going to say is, you know, looking at the novelty of the world and, and, and trying to make sense out of it. Yeah. Right. Like that's what philosophy is, is trying, is trying to make sense out of things. Um, often we regard it as trying to make sense out of like the important things. Mm -hmm. Right. And we have, and, and like, or just even answering the question, what are the important things? Yeah. Um, and then trying to make sense out of those or trying to figure out, how best to to justify what it is that we believe right all of those they, this is all the questions of philosophy right and so the the philosopher swordsman is interested in asking in asking questions that can't be answered in a contest right uh they can be answered through the practice of of a contest the practice of contesting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But they can't the contest itself gives you nothing. But, you the, nothing. but perhaps the practice of contesting could. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So like, so, or I mean, if what you're looking for is like, who would win this contest on this day? Right. But that's not an interesting question. Like, that's not a philosopher would be like, not for me. No. <laughs> yeah. like, that's not what a boring interesting. question. Right. Like, you know, um, or like, what's the best way to, and uh, you know, often the question is like, what's the best way to prepare for a contest? If that's your goal, that's a great question. of right. Well, and see, and I would find myself, I'm not interested in who won, but I find myself eminently interested in how, right? Well, that, yeah. So, so, so the winning funny. is relevant. But again, it isn't the noun for me. The I could give a shit about the noun. It's the verb, you know? I was having a conversation. I was having the conversation the other day with someone um, about what, what the tournament offered them in terms of their practice and, and sort of like why they yeah. felt like the tournament was the highest form of the practice. And yeah. they mentioned something about they mentioned there's something about um no there what did what did he say he said you can't point to anything else right like you can only point to the performance in that match right like that's how i did right like that's an objective criteria to measure my my it is a criteria it's an egg. Well, that right. So, but that's the thing, right? So, yeah. But, but you know what it is? It's digital. It, it, yeah, exactly. It's digital. 
It's digital. It's something that can be quantified. It's something that, right. But I just thought it was so funny because like, I don't need that to know that I have deficiencies. Right? <laughs> like, I, I, like, my eyes open today. I know I have deficiencies. <laughs> like, my, I, I can fence for five minutes and see something to work on. Uh, yeah. Right. Like yeah. I, I don't, or five minutes is not like, that's like, that's, I'm being, I'm being conservative. Like I'm being ridiculously conservative. I can fence for 15 seconds and, yeah. and, and choose amongst a dozen things that I did that I would want to get better. They either want to polish or just change or, you know, add. Have questions about. Or, have, or have questions about, like, I don't need. Like, I don't, I don't need my performance in a tournament to point out a deficiency. In fact, in fact, uh, I, I look at tournament or I look at that, that sort of contest. The only, the only benefit that that offers in terms of what questions we can answer is how I would perform under the constraints of that particular environment. On that day. On that day. Right. Given. Yeah. So under the constraints of that particular environment, including like what I ate that morning, how much sleep I got, like everything. Right. Yeah. So like, but as far as like what I do and this gets, this gets back to that point that we made uh, like a while ago, someone posted a fencing clip. They're like, I'm so proud. I made this work. Right. You caught it on camera. I made this work. It's like, yeah. I mean, I'm proud of you too, but you don't know how to do it. Right. You don't know how to do it. If you made it work once and you got it on camera and you're grateful, then yeah. you don't know how to do it. You don't know how to do something until you can do it every time. And by yeah. the time you get there, you've gone through such rigorous amount of practice that you're bored uh, with it and you're tired of seeing it and you would, you'd love to never see it again. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, so like, you know what, like, oh my God, I mean, this, uh, I, I had a recent visit with my bestie and we were talking about people we knew back in the past, blah, blah, blah. And there was this guy in our high school who was like an elite level violin player, like went on to do fancy ass shit, right? Like worldwide fancy ass shit at like 17, right? And I remember once catching him, he was so so deeply sad that he couldn't be a part of the social life of a normal average teenager. Mm. And he referred to his violin as that bitch. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right now, did he quit? Did he? No, no, no. I mean, he had the passion to do the thing, mm -hmm. right? Uh, as far as I know, he's still doing the thing. Right. But, but you don't. It you... costs him. It costs him. Mm. Yeah, so that gets, yeah, so we could talk, you know, obviously there's more to, to talk about with regards to the philosopher swordsman and, and a question of what the hell we're trying to do here. But I want to just hang out in this so much. subject for a little bit because there's like, you, it's not, getting better at something is not magic, right? Mm -hmm. Getting better at something is not magic. Um. It feels magical sometimes. But it, it feels is magical. And when we see it in other people, when we see the talent developed in other people, right? And we see the accelerated progress that other people yes. make, we say to ourselves, ma magic. Like that's the only explanation. Because <laughs> right. I've been doing this. They were normal, just like me. I've, I've been doing this all this time. And now all of a sudden they're like 
kicking my ass. What's going on? Right. But the truth is there's a reason that they're kicking your ass and it's not because they're just naturally gifted. In fact, the idea of choosing a practice based on the way that your attributes have prepared you for success initially is, uh, is sort of a, it's dooming you to, uh, to kind of failure that, um, or, or, or at least a wake up call in the, right. 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 Because like, like when you look at like the body confirmations of Olympians, it's always deviant, frankly. Right. So there is something to that. Like you were, you were just born with arms that are six inches longer than your legs. Like right. you're a weirdo and you're going to dominate swimming butterfly. Cool. Right. right? But like, well, the, other the thing rest too, of us aren't deviants. <laughs> but, but also like we, we tend to view aptitude, right. As, as part of that, part of the, that set of genetic attributes. Right. And aptitude never is. No, it's that's wrong. That is bad. Yeah. Like that. Like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be objective, and I'm going to be, I'm gonna make a pronouncement. Like it is bad to think, I don't play that game because I'm not good at it. Right. Right. You don't have to like it. Right. <laughs> I'm not saying that you have to like everything you do. Yeah. But don't, but don't choose what you like and what you don't like based on how well you perform initially based on the skills you bring to the table, because you, your brain can be molded and you can get good at anything. You just have to work at it. And, yeah. and, and, and basing your, like regarding yourself as uh, being a practitioner or a good practitioner based on the amount of work that it takes you to get like better and better or like better on a hierarchy. Um, is really just trying to shortcut the process of getting good, which requires work. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you might as well pick the thing that requires the most work up front so that you get used to it, so that you get good at doing the work. Because, yes, being, yes, being practiced at what it is to do the work makes the work easier even yeah. though it's still even though it's still work let's not even play right and, and, and that that bitch right that bitch <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah and like like i think about i think this is relevant to what you're saying i think about being a a, a late teenager early 20s and how hard everything was it was so hard and it was because I didn't have a framework. I didn't understand how banks worked. I didn't understand. I was running with people that would steal my, my, uh, my, uh, uh, salary. If I cashed my check and left it in my bedroom. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that, uh, you know, uh, that bureaucracies work a certain way and you've got to figure it out and don't get emotionally invested in it and just dominate that motherfucker. And here's right. how you do it. Right. And if you just do this, it goes easy, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. Right. You got, you and, gotta... and so it's, it's, so now the work, while it's still work, 
I get really annoyed talking to my health insurance company, but I know exactly how to do it. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, um, you know, it gets back, it gets back to that sort of, uh, at the risk of belaboring the point, it gets back to that sort of scrub mentality. Right. Oh so yeah. What, you know, what, a, what a scrub is, is somebody who wants to start a practice and, and find success without having to go through any work, like without having to develop any skills, without having to like grind, like, you know, people poo poo the word grind, right? All grind means is you're just putting in the time, right? Mm -hmm. Like putting in the requisite time. So mm -hmm. you can call it a grind and people say like, you shouldn't call it a grind because that's sort of, there's a, there's an implication that it's, you know, it sucks or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It kind of sucks. Like, <laughs> like you got to put the work in, you got to put the work in. Um, and you being naturally, well, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about like 70% success, right? Like that's the, that's the learning place, which yeah. means 30% of the time you are not doing the thing. And, and depending on what practice you're on, not doing the thing might be, I fall off the wall three times out of 10 and that fucking, that sucks. Yeah. That know? sucks. Like who wants to fall? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And yeah, you can, if you're, if you don't have the stomach for it, then you, there are other places you could go to develop yourself. Right? That's it. You don't have to choose rock climbing. Um, my, my daughter, is very interested right now in becoming an MMA fighter. Um, I, I don't know if, you know. Um, yeah, miss that. That's awesome. Go kill awesome. it. I'm excited for her. Uh, but you know, she's done a lot of she's done a lot of combat sports in her life, and she's got she's very very competent, very physically competent, super strong. Um, but she's never done boxing. She's never gotten punched in the face. She's never got punched in the face. And so I, I told her like, Hey, I'm here for you. We'll get you trained up. I'm like, I'm, I'll, I'll train you. I'm not, uh, I don't have, uh, uh, any bona fides with regards to, uh, kickboxing or striking arts. Uh, I've, I've done lots of boxing in my life, but uh, I wouldn't, you know, I would go somewhere else to get her trained in that regard. But as far sure. as grappling and wrestling and stuff like that, help her. But I was like, once we get you kickboxing, you get punched in the face a few times then you'll decide whether or not you want to be an MMA fighter. Yeah. Because right? some people don't like getting punched in the face and there's nothing wrong with that. I, <laughs> right? Like, right. Like, you know, I mean, I'll do it, but I, I wouldn't sign up to be an MMA fighter. Right. I wouldn't. Right? Mm -mm. You know, it's like, mm -mm. you got to learn, you got to learn what you got to learn what you, what you want. Yeah. And like a yeah. vision of being a boxer or an MMA fighter is romantic and beautiful and, and might be something that's appealing but then the reality of getting punched in the face and the knowledge that like that's what it's gonna take yeah uh, i don't want cauliflower ears i'm sorry <laughs> my, i don't my my son is always uh he's he, he he's sometimes i think he puts in a little extra to try and develop his because it's a you know it's a badge it's, of it, it is a badge i get it but, i it's not what i need <laughs> But, um, but anyway, so, you know, so the point is, or I wanted to talk real quick about like savants, right. And, 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 and people who are sort of naturally gifted or whatever. Yeah. Right? Like, there's research that's been done that even like, even still that that's not true. Like there are no such thing as savants, like even Mozart, Mozart didn't just write 
like Mozart grew up in a house with music in it every day and he watched his right. father compose and play and 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 people coming in and out of the house that were playing music and he was and we have all of his work that he did leading up to whenever he was six or seven or whatever. like we have all of right. the trash that he turned in you know what I'm saying yeah. like yeah he, he didn't just <laughs> he didn't just wake right. up one day and write his 41st symphony yes there were conditions around him that set him up to have and I'm going to say easier, even though I know we've already we've already broken down that it isn't, but an easier pathway to that. Like, again, he wasn't going to become a fencer. Right. Right. Uh, unless, um, yeah, like he could have been if he, he could have been. grown up in that environment. Right. So it's like, but yeah, um, that's what I mean. Like, that was the path of least resistance mm -hmm. for him. Right. Given. And he had, and he had some, you know, he had a drive to mastery, right? Yep. Somehow, somehow he ended up being really passionate about, about dedicating himself to this practice. But that's the thing, right? What the, the real, I would say, if we're going to say that we're born with anything, right? I would and say. And we're born with a lot, but. We're, we're totally, we're born with a lot, but, but I guess if we're going to say that we're born with anything that naturally sort of, um uh compels us towards one practice or another right uh -huh. or, or or maybe naturally compels us towards elite performance mm. right that it's it's it has more to do with passion and discipline than it does to anything else like and i wouldn't even call it discipline almost right yeah. because it's not discipline it's borderline obsession yeah, hyper focus. Right, exactly, say. exactly. That's how you get good at something: is you become yeah. obsessed with it, and you watch everybody who's ever done it over and over and over again to see the little details of what they do, and you're absorbing it through osmosis, and then yeah. you're practicing it, and then you're reading books about it. And there are better ways to do it, right? Like mm -hmm. so you, you can be hyper focused, and you can have discipline and not really get anywhere because you're not doing the right things. Yeah, because you're just spreading your energy out in, in less useful ways. Yeah. Right. But but that being said, right? Yeah, you know, and I think of, you know, you, you're, you're searching for a concept here, and I always think of Farmer Burns saying, be mm -hmm. game, be mm -hmm. game, and that he thinks gameness is the most important quality to have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and I love that idea because really it's a willingness to put yourself in a place of discomfort again and again and again uh did i send you that video of the of this guy yeah yeah you did uh-huh right? uh, i yeah. can't even do it right um we'll right. maybe link it link it in the link in the description okay. uh, yeah. but but yeah that was such a great that was such a great video like this like did you feel awkward when you're doing it? Right? Like, did you have uh, to yes. try and get your body? You, but but that's what he was saying, right? Like, yeah, I know you did, yeah. well, I did too. But like, did you know the question of did you did you have to try and make it work? Right. You know, like I think that's such an. I used, <laughs> I used to, um, 
I used to use this analogy when it came, when it came to swordsmanship, like giving a giving a brand new student a sword, and all of a sudden, all of their faculties fly out the window. Yeah, right? yeah. like they can no longer even comport their body; like they can't even just stand. Right. Like, I'm surprised they're not falling down when you. Give them the <laughs> Right. It's like, yes. why are you doing that? Stop doing that. Don't do anything. It totally happens. It's surreal. <laughs> but like, I used to say, like, if I told you, if you walked in here and I said, don't touch that wall, like, I just want you to go the whole class and not touch that wall. Like, you could do that. <laughs> right? right. But I put a sword in your hand and all of a sudden, you know what I mean? That was, yeah. that used to be my note. But I like this one even better. Right. It's like, let's just, I want to show you what it feels like to get good at something, what it feels like to start by not being good at it, right? Yeah. And then I'm gonna take you through the process of getting to where you can all of a sudden do it. And and like whenever we're fencing or whenever we're developing ourselves in fencing or in rock climbing or in playing music or whatever, that we should be thinking about that process, right? Yeah. Like we should be thinking about, am I in that level of discomfort? And that's again, why I only say five minutes a day, right? right? Because right. five minutes, because an hour of that would be fucking excruciating. Yeah, and, and diminishing gains. What's the point? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It would be excruciating, and you're not going to get like there's more fun that you could be having in your life. For sure, for right. sure. But can you get you know? Can you give me five minutes of this? Right. Right. You know, and, yeah, yeah. and try and get it to go faster. Whatever it is that you're that you're doing, you know. So anyone can give me five minutes of that. And if right. you do that consistently over the course of three months, oh my God. Right. Well, first of all, first of all, you're ready to move on past this after four days. Right. You know? Um, and so now all of a sudden you you keep building and you keep stacking what you can do. Um, you know. Yeah. And it's and it's constant discomfort. And I know uh I mean uh, trying to be trying to teach this right is challenging because some people um find that presentation of discomfort too uncomfortable right it is it is that you know getting punched in the face thing and and so finding each person's tolerance level for discomfort right is really, in my opinion, the difference between an incredible instructor. And yeah, I was just gonna say that's the art. That's the art of coaching, right? Like that's what yeah. that, there, there is an art in coaching, and and most of the art of coaching has to do with being able to assess uh, the requirements for the moment of that practice with this, with that particular student. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And if a student walked in from just having a car wreck, they're going to be a different student than if they just walked in from getting a raise at their job, you know, and you, yeah, so, you just got to roll with all that. So looking, so I've, I've been, it's been really, that's been really important to me, right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and my practice as a coach in both martial arts and in, in music, right. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm both, uh, and what I have found works the best, the thing that I've found the highest degree of success with is has to do with, first of all, sharing the method, right? And like communicating the method. What are yeah. we trying to do here? How are we trying to do it? And I don't mean fencing music, I mean learning, 
like we're trying to take ourselves from a place where we don't understand the domain and don't have any skills within it yeah. to, to, to a place where we have a broad conception of the domain. We have macro senses of various skills within the domain. And then we have yeah. a, a program for development and we have a way to measure our success and we have a way to scale our training so that we can constantly reflect and put ourselves in that optimal zone for training. And 70% is optimal for more than just like repetition or, you know, the correct amount of pressure. It's optimal in a, because it's, it motivates us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like 20% success could potentially get you closer to, I mean, it's certainly if you tried to do a thing and you got it right 20% of the time, that wouldn't be a total waste of your time. You would be getting better at the skill. Yeah. So to some degree, right? Maybe not, but it would also be very defeating. And risking, depending, risking injury, you know? Well, for sure. Yeah. Depending on the activity, right? If it's like yeah. playing piano, maybe, maybe not. So actually, no, that's not true. Piano. No, piano. that's not true. Yeah. You, you absolutely would be risking injury. Well, I, I yeah. learned piano for, uh, in, in college and, uh, and I hurt myself a bunch. Yeah. I, I think it was because of injuries that I sustained boxing. <laughs> if you believe it or not. But Perfect. I, I love that. Um, so, yeah. So giving people a, a sense to like, say, where am I right now? Instead mm -hmm. of being frustrated by being unable to perform a thing, right? The yes. moment all of my, every single one of my students have a clear path to get them to a place where that frustration will go away. Yes. Right. It's like the moment anyone starts to be frustrated and they, no one even gets frustrated anymore. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to, I'm speaking very like haughtily right now, but like, but Go it's for it. a reality. It's just a reality of, of my, of my classes. Nobody gets frustrated when they can't yeah. do a thing. We all know why everybody in the room knows why. And everyone, and we laugh about it because it's enough. Hey, look, there it is again. Right. I'm not ready to do this thing yet. I have to go yeah. back. And it's like, and everyone self-regulates because they have a clear program for doing that. Because yes, and that framework released them from a framework they were maybe giving as a child, where their worth as a person was attached to success or failure at whatever given task they were at doing. A, at some objective. Uh, wicket, yeah. right? Like some objective. That's method. right. That's right. Right. Yeah. And all you need is a new framework of this is what learning is, right? Um, and again, uh, novelty and discomfort are required for fun. So, like, you would not be having fun if you were just doing all the things with no effort and always doing it just right. Like, who has fun writing their name? Nobody has fun writing their name, right? Right, right. Because you, you know you're going to do it. Right. Who cares? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I'm over it. Like I'm, I'm over it. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Giving people, first of all, disassociating, disassociating people from this sort of objective metric of success uh, yeah. you know, which leads to whatever like piece of paper that we give you 
right? Like, um, and and letting them know that it's about their own progress, right? Right, um, and then giving them a path to putting themselves in a place where they can optimize their own development, feel good about what they're doing, right? Right, feel engaged by the process, right? So not just feel good about their success, but be enthralled by their failure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, and then so to circle it back because we're, we're we're basically done now. Um, yeah, we are talking about uh, talking about philosopher swordsman, right? Is that that's what swordsmanship has given to me, mm-hmm. right? Because my, my 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 practice of, uh, as of coaching music, right, has been deeply informed by by swordsmanship. Right. Like yeah. at this point, at this point, they're just inextricably linked. Like, um, I can't even I can't think about one without thinking about the other or all of the various ways of framing both. Um, right. So it was funny. I was teaching a class, a group class on Sunday, and I talked about um feeling, right? So feeling is yeah. is on and then I had to come up with another word for indes. Like I don't have a a music word for indes. Yeah. Right? It's like in jazz, it's kind of pocket or um, sure. or, or like being, you know, groove. But like, um, but that's not the kind of music that I play. And, you know, and, and it's not, and that doesn't really describe what indes means, right? Feeling is half of a coin, right? Feeling is one side of a two-sided coin and indes is the other side. And I wanted to just say the word indes to my music <laughs> students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, and and I will say that to like a private in a private lesson, but in a group, I just couldn't bring myself to be like <laughs> amazing. So yeah, amazing. but it is it's indes, right? It's feeling and indes. You you need both of them, and you need that for music, and you need yeah. that for for life. Um, so anyway, all right. so next so next week so next week we're gonna talk about like we have we've described our what both of us regard as like a, a really effective training paradigm. Yeah. There are lots of training paradigms. So many. And there are lots of ideas about what the best way to, um, to approach training is. Yeah. <laughs> and there are like yeah. games and there are what kind of games, how do you design the games? And then there's like drilling and there's like all of the constraints and benefits and, <clears throat> rope uh, memorization and rope memorization. immersion and yeah so uh so we're gonna get we're gonna go headlong into that next next week and, and we're gonna figure out what we want to do with our students and in our clubs and what the best way of doing it is i love it i love right. it that sounds great All bye right. everybody bye bye we'll see you later